0: Well, here we are, part seven, last one, I think, on these two verses. Amazing. And when we're done with this one, you'll probably have even more questions, but some I will need to leave with you. Let's read it one more time. Therefore, my beloved... As you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. And that's what we're focusing on in this session. Father, This is one of the biggest questions in the history of the church, namely how your working our will relates to our responsibility and your sovereignty. Teach us now, I pray. We really want to discern what you have for us here so we can be humbled by it, emboldened by it, and whatever else you want to do, in Jesus' name. Amen. Why does Paul add to God is the one at work in you? He could have just stopped right there, right? Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for God is the one who's at work in you, period. And he would have accomplished almost everything we've seen up till now. But he goes on and says, when I say that he works in you, I mean he is working the willing that you do as well as the working that you do for his good pleasure. Why did he do that? let's start with a parallel here in uh, hebrews 13:21 may god equip you with everything good that you may do his will he could have stopped right there with he equips us with everything good to do his will but he gets more specific just like philippians 2:13 working in us working in us. So he's equipping us for every good work by working in us that which is pleasing. Remember 2.13, according to his good pleasure. He's working it all here for his good pleasure. And here He's working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. What does that look like when it happens? This is Colossians 1.29 and Paul testifying what it looks like. For this, talking about his ministry, for this I toil, struggling, agonizing, wrestling, With all his energy, that word right there, energy, energeo, that he powerfully works. And that's the same word as in Philippians 2.13. With all his energy that he powerfully works within me. That's how I toil. And so that's what Paul is after here. Work out your salvation for God is at work in you, just like Paul toils, struggling mightily, wrestling. That's his work. He's doing it. But he's doing it with God's energy that he powerfully works in Paul. There's what it looks like. Oh, that God would give us that zeal, that toil, that energy, that passion, that working out because God is so powerfully at work within us. Now, back to the question. Specifically, God's working in us is to create our willing. He, he, does, he works both the will and work. Why, why does he add both of those to this? And I'm suggesting um, one Not the will only, but also the work. Not will only, but also the work, so that we would not be unfruitful. So we not be unfruitful. If he only worked willing... And the willing fell short of effectiveness, fell short of this, then we wouldn't be fruitful. We wouldn't be bearing fruit. And not only working or doing so we won't be begrudging or unwilling doers who just gut out their obedience, but their heart is really somewhere else and they're acting out of some kind of secondary incentive. So God doesn't want either of these. And so he makes sure that we have the willing and he makes sure that we have the working lest we be unfruitful without the working or unwilling doers without the willing and desiring. Now, here's the massive question this raises. When he works the willing, is it our willing? Are we still responsible? If God is the decisive worker of the willing, let me give you a picture of the answer yes, we are And it is ours, though he works it. This is 2 Corinthians 8.16. Thanks be to God. So he's giving God the credit here. Who put into the heart, put into the heart of Titus, the same earnest care I have for you. Now watch how Paul describes the effect of God putting earnest care for the Corinthians in Titus. For he not only accepted our appeal to go, but being himself very earnest, he is going to you of his own accord. God put into the heart of Titus the same earnest care for you that I have with the result that he's going with great earnestness that God put within him of his own accord. That's massively important. So when Paul says, God works the willing, it means God is the decisive creator of our holy will. But our holy will is our will, and we are responsible for it. And if that sounds impossible to you, then I suggest that you suspend your judgment and say God is able to do that. Now, let me summarize like this. I wrote these down because they're so important, and you can then keep them on the screen and meditate on them after I'm gone. One, God is able to create our willing in such a way that it is really ours and God creates it and we are responsible. That's the text we just looked at. That's a position that I believe the Bible calls us to embrace. Number two, though God often does not overrule our sinfulness. In other words, you may be asking, well, if God is in charge decisively of my will, then why do I sin so much? God often does not overrule our sinfulness and work a holy willing in us. Though he doesn't, his good pleasure... Is wise. Let me read that again. Though God does not overrule our sinfulness and work a holy willing in us, his good pleasure is wise in such cases and shows us how desperately we need his power. And you can read about that in Romans 7 21, and that's supposed to be 25. Sorry about that. Number three. God tells us about his decisive power in us so that we have incentive for our work, not so that we have excuse for passivity. That's what the logic of Philippians 2, 12 and 13 with the four says. And finally, we confirm that we are truly God's children by zealously working out our salvation. Not to experience God's work in us as a compelling incentive for our zealous work is a warning that we may not belong to Him. You can see that in those two passages. In other words, if you stand back from this text and say, well, if God is the one who decisively works in me, then case sera, sera. I'll just stay in bed in the morning and see what happens. That is not the way this logic intended for you to respond. That word for right there says, work out your salvation for I'm at work in you. It doesn't say, be passive for I'm at work in you. So we confirm that we're God's children by zealously working. If we blow this logic off and say, I'll just draw my inferences from it instead of Paul's, we're showing we're probably not his children. Those who are of the truth, listen to the truth. Not to experience God's work in us as a compelling incentive shows that we probably don't belong to him. But if we do work zealously, in response to God's argument that he is at work in us, we show that we are the children of God.